Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Steeler fans, it is usually time right now to get ready for a football game with your favorite team, the black and gold men of steel, known as the Pittsburgh Pirates from 1933 to 1939. And since 1940, the Pittsburgh Steelers. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I am the podcast producer. Alongside me is my great friend, Kevin Smith, coach of Ocean City High School, the Red Raiders and the undefeated Red Raiders. How are you, my friend? Doing great, Brian. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, you know, Brian introduced himself as the podcast producer, and I want to give him a shout out because uh, the podcast platform at Behind the Steel Curtain is absolutely killing it, uh, setting records every month, it seems, these days. So congratulations to you for all your hard work there, Mr. Davis. Well, thank you so much. I can't do it without the audience. I can't do it without you guys. The, uh, the great voices, and I can't do it without uh, Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield. We put our heads together to do this entire thing. So thank you so much. It's a lot of fun, and it's great to watch it grow, too. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make this thing grow and watch our baby grow up. So that's, a, that's Last year, it was born, and this year, it's starting to walk. So can't wait till they're, uh, they're trying out for the Red Raiders there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's exciting. I mean, I just... Uh there's always there's always something to listen to you know whenever i'm uh i've taken i've got this habit now when i'm in school in my classroom if i'm watching film or grading papers or 
doing whatever, I'll just put a podcast on and, and uh, listen as I go. It's, it's great company. What's, uh, let me ask you this. What's your go-to on BTSC? And you're I, not going to hurt any feelings. No one's going to care. What's, what would you be inclined to go to first? Honestly, I, I nine times out of 10, listen to the one that's up most recently on the site. Okay. So I'm, so I'm kind of listening to all of them. Uh, I, I just like the whole, you know, I, I like, I don't, it's interesting. I think maybe people who are listening think that we all, all the writers and all the people here, like really know each other. But I mean, I've literally never met face to face anybody. I feel like I know Brian very well because we talk every week and et cetera, but I've never met Brian in person. I've never met Jeff in person, any of the guys. So it's funny because I feel like I know him really well. We have so much correspondence through Slack and just through various mediums. But when I listen to the podcast, I feel like I get to know these guys a little bit better. Well, Dave and I live in the same town as well as Jeff. Dave and I live in the same town. I should have said, and I met Jeff on the playground and I met Dave for the first time at a father daughter dance right before Thanksgiving. And he came up to me and said, Hey, behind the still curtain, you're Brian Anthony Davis. <laughs> I was like, he was already with us, but I, I had talked to him, but I did not know uh, who Dave was, but he knew who I was. And with the exception of those two, one more guy, Tony Defio, I met at a football game. We, uh, after we worked together for close to four or five years, uh, we met at uh, a Steeler game. So, uh, in fact, he wasn't even going to the game. He just came down to say hi so we could see him and meet him for the for the only time. So that's it. Yeah, this is it's so nice to be able to have a community. And I feel like we've got a nice, nice family here at BTSC where we all get to know each other. And so I really appreciate you saying that um, it's it's great to have that community and the community is always growing too. So we appreciate all of you, Kevin, we had a great thing and it's going to show up in the next couple of days. We're doing bi-week bonanza here since it is the bi-week and there's not a game to talk about and bi-week bonanza. What that is, it's our thoughts about where the Steelers are going, who the MVP right now is so on and so forth. But we decided to give our audience a chance to join us. And so what we did for the bi-week bonanza, we have some people coming out and what they're doing is 60 seconds. They send me a clip in and there's still time to send clips in. If you want to I, a 60 second clip, it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be clean. It's gotta be uh, something arable as far as a uh, good, good quality volume. You can do it on your phone though. And so we're getting ready to debut that in a few days too. So uh, lots of fun and a chance to get our audience involved as well, Kevin. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Uh, I think we all have a pretty good idea based on the contributors that we see regularly on the site, uh, what a lot of the people have to say, but it would be really cool to hear them, you know, like audit from an audio perspective and also just to maybe get some people who aren't regular contributors on the site to jump in as well. Well, it seems like everybody, as far as offensive MVP, nobody's going away from Najee Harris. And I think that would be a pretty tough thing to do. Um, would you think of anybody else on offense? I can think of one guy that quite possibly, but I wouldn't make him the MVP over Najee or anybody else at this point. What are your thoughts on that? No, I, I don't think so. The, the only, I mean, I think some people might say, oh, you could make a case for Deontay Johnson. That was my uh, number two. I, that's, okay. Yeah, that's I, what I, I would, was talking about. I would not make that argument personally. If, if for me, Najee Harris is the guy, 
And I think that there's some obvious reasons for that. And, you know, we can get into that if you want. If I had to make a case for somebody else, and I'm just going to kind of go outside the box a little bit here, I would probably say Kendrick Green, only because walking into the NFL as a rookie to, and becoming the starting center is incredibly hard because not only are you playing up against a whole different level of competition, NFL one techniques. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not grown men in college because they are, but this is another different level of grown man that you're playing against in the NFL. Uh, if you're playing against a zero or a one technique, you're playing against a 320, 330 pound dude who can move uh, and who's got a nasty demeanor, et cetera. But not just that you have to learn an entirely new system where, where you as the center are expected to make the majority of the line calls, whether they be calls in the run game or in pass protection. I know that the Steelers have occasionally let Ben Roethlisberger make some of those calls, but I really don't think that they are. I, you know, just, I'm just trying to watch the line and see what I can discern through the TV. And I think green's making those calls. Uh, and then, you know, let's not, uh, Barry, the lead, he's got to snap the ball every play and the snaps have been great. So while he's gotten overpowered at times and there's times he's definitely looked like a rookie and, you know, the Steelers offensive line is still a work in progress. I think that he's been really impressive just in his ability to handle the duties of playing center and to do it without, you know, like being exposed as a glaring weakness up front. So, I mean, that would might be my only other case I'd make on offense. Well, that's really interesting. I'm glad he said that because I really like what he's doing. Now, there's some people saying that, uh, you know what I mean? He's not doing a great job right now, but my gosh, he's a rookie and you explained everything that he has to do. He's only going to get stronger. He is only going to get better. I kind of see him as not just a pro bowler, but a potential all pro in the future. Can you see that happening with one Kendrick Green? Yeah, you know, well, let's not forget he, either that like center wasn't even his primary position at Illinois. Yeah. He played more games at guard than he did at center. So when you factor that in, you, you have to say to yourself, well, granted, if you weighed him against all the other centers in the NFL, I mean, he, he wouldn't rate very highly right now. But if you weigh him for where he should be in his progression as to where he is, he's way ahead of the curve. And uh, if he continues to develop like this, then sure, I would definitely say that he could project as a pro bowl guy one thing there's been a little bit of discussion about this um around the website this weekend there was a play or, or this week there was a play in last weekend's game against seattle where the steelers threw a like a little stick route to pat fryermuth who called it around the 12 yard line and you know he's another rookie who's who's you just see like, you know, let's project out the arc of his career over the next three, four years. How good's he going to be? But he, uh, Frymuth caught the little stick route and then, you know, they took three Seattle guys to get him on the ground and he's still driving his legs now inside the 10 yard line and guys are coming in to push the pile forward. And at the end of the play, green comes in like a rocket and, um, you know, tries to get that last block in and some guy, you know, some people on the site were saying that was a stupid play maybe even a dirty play, launching himself into the pile, kind of like that. And while, you know, that's debatable, I just, when's the last time you saw a Steeler lineman with, with that kind of, give that kind of effort, moving at that speed and that level of agility with that combination of like intensity and nastiness? I don't know. You project, you project, put all those things together and project forward a, f a few years. And uh, that kid's ceiling's really high. 
I love that you say that. Now, I will give an assist to Adrian Clem. I think he preaches that nastiness and that and that motor. I really like what he's doing with this offensive line. Now, I mean, not the best running game in the league because of the offensive line, but you know, you have uh, you have put together teams in high school and you've put together these teams where they were they were raw you might have had a sophomore heavy team do you start do you start uh freshman or is are they still jv yeah we i mean we don't tend we tend not to start freshman really honestly in the last 10 years i can only think off the top of my head of one kid who started as a freshman and if you did it was because of a need right yeah a combination of need and he was a special kid you know so very rare well, so what I'm saying here is, you know, this is this is the equivalent to me of a lot of sophomores. Right. And maybe juniors that never got to start before. You, yeah. you know what I mean? That's a, if, that's if a, great, a great analogy. Yes, absolutely. So I want to talk about the offensive line because we're going to talk about the entire team. This is here we go, the Steelers pregame show, but we're not pregaming anything but next week. And we have to do a show next week. So let's just talk about the team. And you're going to get the analysis that you get from coach Smith right now. And he just broke down Kevin green. I mean, Kendrick green, excuse me, and did a fantastic job of it. But so let's talk about that offensive line. Who's your MVP of the offensive line. Who is the best offensive line right now? Lineman right now. And we cannot say Zach Banner because we have not seen Zach Banner. That's a tricky question. Uh, I can tell you who it's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I okay. The the guy I've been the most disappointed with has been you know uh, Chuk Sakura for. I have too, and I I, know, I hate I hate that I hate that I, I, I I'm down I on him because he's a fantastic kid from what I understand. Yeah, yep, I hear that. Too. And he plays with passion, and he did a great job against Von Miller. Yeah, you know, when he when, in the Denver game, he kept Von Miller you know out of Ben Roethlisberger's lap. And Aaron Donald two years ago. Yeah. So he, he, he tends to have these like, you know, where where he rises to these big challenges, but then he fails to do the ordinary stuff. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know off the top of my head, but how many how many false start penalties does he have this year? How many how many holding penalties? How many times have you seen him kind of look lost? That's the thing that when I watch the offensive line, uh, when I'm kind of, you know, doing evaluating them to do writing for the site or whatever. The one thing I look for a lot of the time is just do they know their assignments or, and, and how aggressive are they being? And aggression is oftentimes a product of certainty. You know, you know, if you know what you're doing, then you can do it faster. They always say, always say on a football field, you know, cluttered mind equals slow feet. And he just seems to have a cluttered mind a lot of the time. I don't feel like he, he knows a lot of the time exactly what his assignment is. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a, a need for him to progress. But your question was about who's the MVP up front. And I, I may have touched on it with Green. Again, not, not the best lineman right now. Probably the best, just the best pure lineman right now is Trey Turner. You know, he's the, he's the veteran and he's the guy who's, in, while he's still learning the Steelers system and he's still learning to play with the Steelers, he's the most physical guy. Like when you really, when you look at the film, you see him doing veteran lineman things that the other guys just aren't able to do. A core four is not there. Uh, Dotson's a second year guy who's really still in his progression, his development and green and Dan Moore jr. Are rookies. Now, Dan Moore jr. Is an interesting guy. You can make a, an interesting case for him, maybe not as the MVP, but as a guy who's way further along than, 
We, I mean, if you, if you told me the Steelers were going to be three and three at the bye, and Dan Moore was going to be the starting left tackle, I would say like, well, all right, is Roethlisberger, you know, in a in a coma right now? I mean, did he get, <laughs> yeah, I would not give Ben Roethlisberger an, a chance to be upright under that certain circumstance because Moore felt like a raw. It was a fourth round pick, and he felt like a project type pick. He was from an SEC offense where all they did was chuck the ball around, and the Steelers were talking about you know, becoming a more physical offense and being, being a run first team. And it just didn't feel like he was a fit. And while again, like green, he's been exposed at times. He hasn't been a glaring weakness. What do you think? Aren't you supposed to be exposed as a rookie? That's the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, and now if he was a first round pick, playing the way he's playing right now you would you wouldn't be ready to send him back but you would be probably throwing that b word around uh i would think um but the p word was thrown on him it was thrown on shooks when he was drafted project and yeah. so right now you've got dan moore jr exactly what you said he is He's he has Ben Roethlisberger's back. He's he's the left tackle, and he's growing and he's learning. So I'm really excited about Dan Moore Jr. Just as much as I'm I'm excited about Kendrick Green. So here's my question, and we've got so many other rookies contributing, and you and I have been following this team for a long time. And the thing is, you just don't see rookies this many rookies contribute. So my question is. When are these guys going to stop being rookies? When do we say, okay, they're not even rookies anymore? That's a good question. I, I always wonder about at what point is the guy comfortable enough with the adjustment so that he's settled in and now he's just playing football. Because to me, that's, that's the, the answer to your question is, you know, just that. When, when does he feel comfortable enough to not have to, either think too hard about his scheme responsibilities or, you know, adjust his style of play because of the competition level that he's playing against or simply, you know, just catch up to the speed of the game. That's, that's the big thing. I think that people have a hard time understanding uh, when you go from level to level is just like how much faster everything happened i I, you know, I mean i played college football i played division three college football so right i'm not going to ever i'm not going to claim to be like uh, i was some like major star or anything like that it's still uh, college but, football but it was college football right it was college football and the jump from high school to college was the big th there were big dudes in college i mean we had 310 pound linemen on our team but you know we used to joke Every time you see a six five three ten lineman at Division three, you knew he wasn't very good because, <laughs> you know, like if he was real good, he would he'd be playing at D one because he had the D one size, and it tended it just tended to be a speed thing. So I remember we went up and we played Hofstra, uh, which was a you know a really good one double A program. Wayne Krebet, uh, the receiver from the Jets, you know, who played in the NFL for a long time, was was we, on that team. We were Steeler from there too, not now, but. Uh... From a championship stealer, wasn't Willie Cologne from Hofstra? Oh, very good. Well, yes, that's correct. Willie Cologne was from Hofstra, right? Um, and yeah, and I just and I just remember like everything happened so much faster, and you just weren't used to it. You weren't used. To, you had, you know, I played strong safety. I was used to being able to 
like read the release of the tight end and then be able to, to like, if it was a run block, be able to locate the football and get my, and make my fill. Or if it was a pass play, be able to go through my read progression and feel very comfortable doing that. And in this game, you know, I just remember by the time I located my, you know, my, my I went through my read progression, everything was on me. So like that takes an, a, a huge, and, and this is like, I'm just talking about D3 to playing a one double A team. Imagine what the jump is like from college to the pros where you're now de- playing with the most elite people on the planet. And, and so when, when, when a rookie is able to play at full speed themselves to the point where they don't feel overwhelmed by the speed of the game, I don't think they're, you know, I don't think they're a rookie anymore. Now, now they're, now they're an NFL football player. And that, I think that that's an individual thing. We can't say, oh, well, it happens, uh, you know, on the first game of your second season, or it happens in your 12th game. For some people, it happens quickly. And for some, not so much. And I think one of the reasons uh, players bust is because they never quite are able to, uh, you know, translate their game to that, to that speed adjustment. Well, I hate the B word. And I will tell you this, and I talk about this all the time, two of the guys that we consider one of the greatest, both of them the greatest defenders, uh, they're on that list for the last 20 years for the Steelers. It would be Troy Palomalo would be one. And he didn't get it together until late in his rookie year of 2003. Yeah. It was very late. I think, uh, I mean, everybody was throwing that word around with him and gosh, he's got a gold jacket now. The other guy, man, it took Cam Hayward a long, long time to, uh, it took him about three years to get comfortable there. When he did, he earned his deal and he is one of the, man, he is the leader of this football team more than anybody. And we are going to talk about him. And we're going to talk about two other defenders. We're going to play a game called heart, soul, and head. When we come right back on BTSCs, here we go. The Steeler pregame show. We're pregaming the bye week. Welcome back to Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Kevin Smith is along with me, and we are celebrating the fact that the Steelers somehow made it to 3-3 three and three after a disastrous 1-3 and three start, and the fact that they are getting some rest, much-needed rest. Kevin, a lot of people were complaining when they saw the schedule come out, and they saw week seven for the bye. Does that really matter now? Is this a perfect time for the bye? Yeah, I think this is a very good time for the bye. I think the Steelers, you, you know, you can make the argument like, oh, well, they're playing better and this is going to interrupt some of their momentum and all. I mean, they're playing better, but they've, they've got a lot to work on. They, you know, one, two, two home games the last couple of weeks, uh, both of those games that they nearly blew after, after having comfortable leads uh, either halftime or in the fourth quarter and, um, and that's a product of just some scheme adjustments I think that they need to make. They can use the practice time 
predominantly to work on fundamentals. I think the thing that jumped out from the Seattle game was just how bad their tackling was. And I think that they really need to address that. And tackling is the thing that, you know, you just, you can get better at it. It's not like a, like speed, you know, you're not going to, a corner is not going to get faster in the NFL, but a corner can learn to tackle better. So I think the Steelers have to emphasize that and prioritize that. And I think that they have to look at their scheme and, you know, understanding now that Juju Smith-Schuster is done for the season, they're going to have to figure out how to replace him. And I, I'm hopeful that they'll do it with some, you know, multiple tight end sets and get a little more creative as far as that goes. So in, in that sense, the buy is kind of hitting at the right time because while they were playing better, they have some adjustments to make and some things that they really need to fix. And when they come out of the bye, they've got three winnable games. I know they go to Cleveland, um, but the Browns are banged up. I mean, Baker Mayfield is, is not playing this week. Uh, who knows about what his status is going forward. Kareem Hunt's going to be out. Nick Chubb's banged up. I mean, that's a winnable football game against a wounded Browns team. And then they host Chicago and Detroit, who are, you know, two NFC opponents who are not particularly strong either. So you got a chance to get to six and three. And this is a great opportunity to tighten some things up before you get into that stretch. Absolutely. Now, I teased this a little bit earlier. And we were talking about a game called Heart, Soul, and Head. And it's something I just made up like two minutes ago when you were talking about something. <laughs> and the, the reason I made this up, because we're talking about who the MVP of the offense is. It's a lot harder to do an MVP of the defense. It would be easy to say TJ Watt. But no, you've got to look around that defense and see what you've got there. And there are three guys that could be the captain of that defense. And there are three guys that could be the heart, soul, and brains of that defense. But we're only going to be able to give them one title each. So I'm going to present to you Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, and of course, Trent Jordan Watt, TJ Watt. And I need you to assign the Steelers head, heart, and soul. Well, okay, so I'll say so. Mick is the head. Uh, he he's clearly the guy that has uh, uh, the most uh, sort of cerebral involvement with the rest of the defense. Which isn't to say that like TJ and Cam don't have that as well. It's just that there's like TJ Watts in uh, sort of cerebral engagement shows up a lot in his one-on-one uh, -on -one battles with offensive linemen, not necessarily with the way that he directs the rest of the defense. That's That comes from Minka. Uh, if you're playing the center fielder, if you're the center fielder uh, in the secondary, then you're responsible for getting a whole bunch of other guys lined up. So so I think he, for sure, uh, that's his role. But as far as those other two guys go, heart and soul, I mean, they, they seem to go, they seem to go side by side. For me, uh, if, you're the, if you're the soul of a defense, you're kind of its spirit. Uh, you know, you're kind of like the, 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 the glue that like holds everything together. And I think that that's Cam Hayward. I mean, I really feel like he's the guy that is just uh, like, he's, he's the most Pittsburgh Steeler on the defense. When you think about classic Pittsburgh Steelers and you just think about the toughness, the dedication, the work ethic, the low profile, I think that that's, that's Cam Hayward. He represents, I think, the soul of what the team is about. And then the heart of the defense for me, that's like, you know, who's the heart keeps everything alive and, and who's the guy that, 
you know, that the Steelers need the most to be the heartbeat, the guy who is going 100 miles an hour and able to able to make the plays that the Steelers need to make. And we saw that show up uh, in overtime against Seattle, man. You know, uh, you saw him make two phenomenal plays that changed the game. So I think TJ is the heart of the defense. What do you think? All right. First of all, incredible answer, <laughs> you know, because I'm sitting here the whole time. I'm I'm going with Minka for head. That was the easy one. And until you defined heart and soul for me, I was leaning towards soul for Cam Hayward, but I've always called him the heart of the defense too. Mm-hmm. The way you just described TJ Watt and what the heart of the defense means and what the soul of the defense means, that's perfect. I mean, there I see a t-shirt, heart and soul, and those two yeah. guys on there. You know, yeah. um, really, I... Trademark that, Brian. Trademark that quickly. There, there, there you go. So... <laughs> You know, I, I had an opportunity and I'm not trying to name drop, but I had an interview a couple of weeks ago with James Harrison. Great and, interview, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank yes. you. And I asked him, it was quite, it was quite rushed. They only gave us 10 minutes, but it was awesome. And I asked him, I'm like, all right, where would you stand up to the 1978, 79 Steelers? And he said, he said to me, he's like, whoa, whoa, they've got gold jackets. So I, I don't belong in that conversation, but Mr. In exact words, Mr. Green said to me that I would have fit in just fine. And he said that meant the world to me when Joe Green says that to you, <laughs> that you would have fit in with our 1970s steel curtain defense. That means a lot. And when I think of Cam Hayward, I think of him fitting in on that defense perfectly. Don't know where I'd put him. <laughs> I definitely don't know where I'd put him because I'm I'm not uh what a standoff that would be with him and uh Mad Dog White and or him and him and Elsie Greenwood, who I consider it a, just a travesty that he doesn't have a gold jacket. Right. And yeah. I, I know if you, if you got a if you got to bump Ernie Holmes out of the starting lineup, then you've got some serious competition. Yeah, yeah. and he that guy had 14 and 15 sack seasons for that team. Yeah. They just weren't calling them sacks back then because they, they didn't do it. And now that they're doing that, he had he had some pretty impressive stats. But Cam's that guy for me. And I keep on hearing people talk more and more about Cam Hayward. And I'm thinking that he doesn't have the stats. But for me, he's a defensive player of the year candidate because he's having one of his great years. He's a, he's a guy that unfortunately, because and this is a Pittsburgh Steelers thing, I believe, because of the way he conducts himself in that workmanlike Pittsburgh Steeler way, he doesn't draw a lot of attention to himself. He, if you uh, are not a Steelers fan or you, or you are not somebody who really critiques you know, football, you don't you probably don't appreciate how good he really is. You might catch Steelers game on, you know, like on Sunday night football last week and you'll see him make a play or two and you'll be like, Oh, that Cam Hayward guy's good. You know, all that, you know, I've, I've heard his name, but in, unless you really look at, at what he does uh, and how, just how physical he is, he is so physical. There are so many instances where he is ragdolling NFL offensive linemen like, you know, it's me against my eight-year-old son. I mean, it's just it's just incredible how strong he is. And his technique, his pad level, uh, he plays with such a low pad level. He uses his hands so masterfully 
I mean, when you when he gets off the ball, his hands are always inside. He's always constantly pressing the lineman off him, exactly the way you would expect them to do. I mean, you could make drill clinic videos off of pretty much all of his game tape. And I don't think that that's kind of the stuff that, you know, a typical a typical fan sees and the media people probably don't see that either. Aaron Donald, you know, he makes he makes more splash plays. Um, he plays in a glitzier city and he gets more attention. And I think he's Aaron Donald, I mean, deserves it. But I think you're right. I think Cam Hayward is under really underrated even though he's made a bunch of Pro Bowls, I still don't think people really get how good he is. Absolutely agree. One final question as we get ready to wrap this up. We're talking about the defenders, and everything you said about Cam is true. I don't think that he is ever going to win the the uh, defensive MVP award, but he's probably going to go down as an all-decade type performer. That's how good he is. Now, let's look at T.J. Watt. I'm starting to believe as this year can keeps on going, if he's healthy, he's probably he's in the conversation, but maybe his biggest competition is miles Garrett this year, but I think he's defensive player of the year this year, or is that just me having a pipe dream? I think it's too early to tell, but, uh, but yeah, if his, if, if he continues on this arc, he's not only is he putting up the numbers, but he's also putting up them up at the big moments. I think what happened on Sunday night uh, against Seattle drew a lot of national attention. And let's let's be honest, that's just how it works, man. You need you need the national attention, the national media writers, et cetera, to to notice you and be willing to vote for you. I think the contract extension what garnered him a lot of attention as well. And so the question became like, okay, so TJ Watts now the highest paid defender in the league let's see if he plays like that and he's playing like it so there are some factors in play i think this year that could earn him that that maybe have not been there in the past when he came up just short i agree with that as well well kevin thank you so much i've got one last i've I've got to ask this question we do this at the end of every show we don't have a game to talk about so your prediction rest of the year final I'm, i'm not talking about if they make the playoffs, what they, you can say that they're going to make the playoffs, but I'm all I'm concerned about is the final record for this team. They're three and three right now. How does it finish? Oof. Oh man. Uh, there's a lot of variables in that equation there. Uh, I think the next three weeks are going to tell us an awful lot. If the, if this, the Steelers really have a, a, a great chance to win their next three games, realistically i mean if i had to bet money on it i think they probably go two and one because i just don't know if they're consistent enough yet to be able to win five football games in a row you know they won their last two before the bye so they go five and four and then they and then they hit a brutal finish the last eight games are brutal um i mean if they can win if they can go four four and four out of those last eight games. I think that they, that they've done well for themselves. So if I optimistically, I'm going to say 10 and seven, realistically, I think they're probably a nine and eight team. Well, Baltimore on January 9th might not be brutal because the way they're going, they might never lose again right now until that game. Cause they might sit everybody. And if the Steelers are good, they can knock them off and they might have to do that to uh, get into the playoffs. That could be a yeah. possibility. You know, I'm looking at this team, you know, 
if you can go seven and four with this schedule, that's a pretty phenomenal season because this is not 10 and seven is a lot like 11 and five. What 11 and five used to be with a 16 game season, 10 and seven is nothing to sneeze at when you put an extra game on the schedule with injuries, with everything. So I'm looking at this team going 10 and seven and uh, making some magic throughout as long as they don't hibernate against teams like the uh, a beat up Browns team next week, the bears and the lions. I, no excuses. If you lose to the bears and the lions, then you just, uh, you're, you're up and down and you're just not there. And we'll probably yeah. tell the tell that. But yeah, if you beat, if you beat Cleveland in Cleveland next week, you have to win at home those last two weeks or those and next you, two weeks. And you got to get excited. Yeah. Cause you've, cause if you, if you lose at home to Detroit or Chicago, you've squandered a huge road win in Cleveland and uh, you know, that can't happen. And if you're six and three going into that, that really hard close, then I think that there's a ton of momentum and the team feels great about itself and they're talking playoffs, et cetera. So, so yeah, then I think the next three weeks when we come out of the bye are huge. And that Thursday night game that that occurred uh, this week with Cleveland and and Denver, you know, with Cleveland, if they had won that game, I'm not going to go ahead and say what happened because as we're recording, it's going on right now. <laughs> I don't even know the score, but all I'm going to say is if they win that game, that's not the worst thing in the world for the Steelers because you don't want to be facing a team with four straight losses the caliber that they are at home against their bitter rival. Remember they hate us more than we hate them. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, have one Cleveland fan uh, or, or a friend who's a Cleveland fan uh, in my life. And he doesn't talk to me Pittsburgh week. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kevin. It has been a great night. Um, I hope he's still not talking to you next week. And... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> me too. I can take that. I can take that shade. We'll talk more about that next week when we get back to uh, business. But, hey, it was a lot of fun talking about this team as a whole, and I had a great time. So thanks so much for Kevin Smith. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. We need you to do three things. Stay safe, stay true to yourself, and always stay behind the steel curtain. We love you. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week when it's game time again. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.